the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoshio podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. A couple minutes after 4, you're listening to the Tim DeMoshio on AM 560 WFIL.com. Perhaps you're listening on the app. Welcome aboard. Had a nice day. 70 for the high on the cloudy side, getting a little rain right now. 55 the low tonight. Tomorrow looks to be kind of like today. Kind of cloudy, a couple showers and thunder showers possible. 73 the high, then the other uh, half of the weekend. Still on the cloudy side, but sunshine. Not uh, supposed to be too much rain, if any, for Sunday and Monday. Sunday's high 66 and uh, Monday's high 74. Danny, how you doing, man? Woman? Woman? <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you doing, Tim? I'm saying man in the affectionate sense. What's up, man? I, I know. I like it. <laughs> I'm not mad. Oh, good. So, how are you? Doing all right? Yeah. Ready it's for It's not the nicest of days out, but it's it's still good. I have my hot coffee here. I'm going to sip it and pretend I can see the rainfall because I'm in the middle of the building. As you know, I can't really see any, any windows. We have to get that fixed. Right. But I like rainy days. You, you don't like rainy days too much? I do, but, you know, I like sitting outside and being outside. Yeah. Yeah, I think folks... But have... I love a good thunderstorm. <laughs> Give me a good thunderstorm any day of the week, and I'm happy. How about Saturday? Looks like it's coming tomorrow. All right. Well, I don't have plans this weekend, so that's fine. All right. There you are. Good. Well, I'm with about, you. Are you doing anything for Memorial Day? Uh, my son, Tim, graduated from college, and so we're going to have a little party for him tomorrow. Um, just in house with, nice. with our family, yeah. So uh, as it's basically been, and uh, yeah, we just want to honor him. And he had his birthday on uh, Tuesday of this week, so we had some time together. Did a lot of grilling. I think I've grilled three nights out of four. I'm getting the hang of it. <laughs> I'm having fun doing that. So nice. we may do that over the weekend too. But uh, yeah, in any case, uh, the uh, the forecast, if you will, for the show today is really good. Um, I'm excited. We have three three for the price of none. For folks. Yeah. So, and on the back end, we're going to have our, our pun segment that you're so good at. And so I know you're working hard for that, and that'll be on the back end. So have fun working on that. And in the meantime, we have Eagles insider Dave Spadaro, who's going to join us for the first time. Todd Tillman, who just won The Voice earlier this week. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched that show or not, uh, Danny, but, uh, you know, he it's an, it's an amazing story. He's a pastor, actually, from Missouri. And he's the oldest guy who's ever won this. He's 41, which doesn't sound, I mean, depends who you are. It's not old. But he and his wife have eight kids, and they've adopted two. It's a really interesting story. So we're going to chat with him, too. And then um, we have a gentleman named Garrett Reisman, who's from New Jersey. And he's going to be sharing about NASA, SpaceX is coming up. Uh, the the uh, launch they're doing next Wednesday, I think it is, 27th, sending astronauts. You know, first time in, like, almost 10 years that he sent astronauts from the U.S. Because uh, I believe... Since the, since the shuttles have stopped, we've had astronauts in space, but they've flown on Russian flights, as, as my understanding. So 
all of that in this hour, Danny. You think we can do it? I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. All right. You're always optimistic. I know I can count on you for that. So <laughs> we'll we'll do that. Uh, we'll do that up, and we'll see you on the back end of the hour with uh, with our Now That's Punny segment. So that's Danny checking in, helping produce our program today. Thanks for all those who have listened in and continue to do so. Feel free to grab the podcast of our programs as well at WFIL.com. Anytime you like, they're right on our homepage. You can also subscribe on your various platforms like Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and Podcast Podcasts and that kind of thing. That said, we want to uh, get right into it because we have a lot of ground to cover this hour. And we are glad to bring on board, first off, batting leadoff, Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. How you doing, my friend? I am doing fine. <laughs> I hope everybody is safe and healthy out there. Yeah. I, like everybody else, uh, I'm very, you know, anxious for some sports, particularly of the NFL variety. So, yeah. uh, but all in all, you know, tough times for everybody. Staying safe and doing well. Thank you. Good to hear. Good to hear. Well, if there's one league, one question I was going to actually ask you is uh, if there's one league that might be able to kind of help get things in, in order and get things back to normal a bit, it would seem that the NFL is not only positioned for that schedule-wise, but also just kind of the, you know, it seems like it has the the strength behind the, the league is kind of a tough league in a good way. Yeah, I mean, look, it, I, I think that ultimately the NFL will take its cue from, um, you know, other leagues, not only in America, but around the world, South Korean baseball, Taiwan baseball, German soccer, the NHL, the NBA, Major League Baseball. You know, the, the, the only thing about the NFL, look, it, this happened in March, and the league still has a couple of months here before training camp is scheduled to begin. So there is some time in terms of logistically making it work, safety measures being taken, testing being available, all of that stuff. So I think as, as far as the major sports in America, the NFL is probably – best positioned to open safely and hopefully on time. Yeah. Chat with Dave Spadaro on the Tim DeMoss show, uh, Eagles insider. You can find him on Twitter at Eagles insider. Um, and one of the things I enjoy about this program, Dave is periodically just the opportunity to be local. Cause some of the guests we have are, are regional national different walks of life. And certainly you fit that bill as far as being local, uh, not just because of your work with the Eagles all these years, but also you went to school here too. Or you went to temple if I remember correctly. Yeah, I grew up in Westchester. I went to Temple. Uh, I, uh, that was 1987 I graduated. I'm sorry, 1980. When did I graduate from <laughs> Boy, it's so long ago. Yeah, graduated in 87, and I've actually been to every Eagles game since the strike of 87. So wow. I, I am a local yokel, proud of it. Call Philadelphia my home. And, uh, you know, I grew up a huge fan of all things Philadelphia sports. Yeah, well, and it kind of plays into, I think, you know, who you are and your role with, with the Eagles. Um, just before talking about the work you have done, when you graduated, though, just for context, you did some sports writing, I think, uh, locally as well, and, and then, then came to the Eagles. Is that the correct path? That's right. I worked at the Daily Local News in Westchester. That was my first job okay. uh, as, as I was a student in college and in my post-college days for a couple of years. Loved the job. I have a lot of allegiance to the Westchester Daily Local News. And then we started a magazine, a fan magazine in 1989 called Eagles Digest. Yeah. And so I, that was a joint venture with a publishing company in Miami. So I was actually an employee of the publishing company in Miami 
And then the Eagles back then were, you know, building up, getting, trying to make this push for a, a new stadium, a new training facility. And so they wanted to bring in house as many assets as they could to create content and then monetize that content. So I was hired as the director of publications and, you know, then the internet came along and I latched on to that and then everything changed. So I've just been really flexible within the job and I basically I've had zero job um, promotion all of my life. I've been with Philadelphia Eagles uh, for such a long time, uh, but it's really been great. I, I'm really thankful for it and just really excited about every day that I, that I'm able to, to do my job. Had you gone to Temple as a, a journalism major or what was your media or what was it? At the yeah. Time? Back then it was called radio, television and film. Okay. And so I remember my senior year, the Temple faculty went on strike and I was working full time. I had accepted a full time job in Westchester. So I was going to school two days a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays and working the other five days a week. Um, and then, but I was really struggling academically. So I hate to say it, but <laughs> the, the only thing that saved me was the teacher strike, the faculty strike. Otherwise, I would have been in deep doo-doo. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Dave Spadaro, our guest, Eagles insider. And I'm thinking, I started covering the team part-time in 97. That's all I've ever done. I've gone down just to kind of um, add something to the show and get to know some of the players over time. Uh, was that about when you started to get more and more in the insider's direction for things for you? Yeah. Yeah. The When I joined the team, um, the organization in 97, naturally when everything changed and so, you know, it's always been a, an interesting balance, you know, trying to be very as objective as I can be, interesting, uh, 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 entertaining, and very informative for the fans. And at the same time, I've, I think I've probably been criticized more internally for being too, quote-unquote, harsh on the team yeah. than I have the many times I've been called a homer. But, um, yeah, so I've been since 97. And then the, then the whole world changed when the Internet came along. Sure. So uh, we were able to be much more live, with our coverage, much more taking you literally inside the team. So that's that's kind of where it all started. Yeah, there's a lot of thoughts swirling in my head. Uh, for folks just tuning in, I'm chatting with Dave Spadaro, Eagles insider, uh, for many years now. And um, the lines have blurred so much. When I went to Penn State, I got a job as a column. Well, not a job. I was a, a columnist as a student for the Daily Collegian, one of 10. I got picked to do it, which was great. And a couple of weeks later, I got a job in radio. And when the paper found out, like, we had to choose because that's a conflict of interest. It's like now you fast forward 25 years, and I'm, you know, I think we're the same age. It's like, no, no, no. You're kind of going to be all over the place now. <laughs> Your content, yeah. content's yeah. everywhere, right? Yeah, you have to, you know, when I tell kids, kids who want to get into the field, you have to, and my daughter actually went to University of Colorado for journalism, and ultimately you have to learn to do a lot of things. You can't just go in and say, I'm going to be a broadcaster. I'm going to be, it just limits you so much because nowadays with the social media and the, need for content in every platform, you really have to show as much versatility as you can possibly show to you know, provide a, a, a person who's going to cover a lot of things for whatever business you're in, whether it's you're doing marketing or whether you're doing social media or whether you're doing reporting, you've got to do it in a lot of different ways. Yeah. What's a day in the life of Dave Spadaro like? Because I'm sure it can go many different directions. Well, in the pre-March, you know, 14th days, yeah, it was get to the office, and it really actually doesn't change it. The idea is to create content every day. Okay, we have an audience that is just ravenous for Eagles content. So, whether that's lining up interviews for podcasts, which 
I'm actually trying to do today. Some of these rookies, I'm working on a podcast for, you know, just what, what does your jersey number mean to you? It's called the Eagles Insider Podcast. Yeah. And so I'm waiting for Jalen Hurts and Jalen Rager and uh, a couple of other guys to get back to me. Uh, but you're always just trying to think, what can I do to make Eagles fans happy today? Because no matter where they are, no matter what they do, I've found that they want to wake up and tune into the Eagles. And then they want to tune back in throughout the day. And before they go to bed, they want to find out what's happening with Eagles. So we, we're in everything from meetings with our staff to uh, interviews with coaches to locker room of player availability. Um, and then also we have a lot of fan events that I host. So it's really fun. And, we, and it's a year-round thing. And, uh, but I certainly do enjoy the downtime in June and July before training camp. Once training camp arrives, it really is seven days a week um, throughout the season. Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro hanging out with us this afternoon. It's Tim DeMoss Show on AM560, WFIL, WFL.com, and on the app as well. You're welcome to uh, text in, too, during the hour. I forgot to mention at the top of the hour how we are giving away gift cards today to Duncan and Panera and Rita's and Wawa, courtesy of Brian or Chevrolet in Jenkintown. You want to throw your name in the ring for that? Just a quick text, 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. They're simple, nice, $5.60 in honor of our little uh, frequency here. And a chance for you to get a couple coffees and a couple donuts or a hoagie or something to uh, enjoy on us. And uh, again, Brian or Chevrolet. So thanks for listening in. And our, again, our text line is 610-500-DOVE. Just need you to text in your name and uh, your preference, and we'll make a number of winners at the end of the program. So you have time to do that. Back with more in just a moment. Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show. Heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. 418, the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thanks for listening in today. Chatting with Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. And uh, before the break, talking with you about a day in the life of uh, Dave Spadaro. I was going to ask if you ever really are off duty. I I can imagine like Coach Peterson never wants to be caught, uh, like not thinking, oh, who got drafted? What happened? Or, you know, and you don't want to be doing the same thing, right? Yeah, the news cycle, cycle, it's such a constant news cycle. Yeah that you really have to be ready to turn it over very quickly. Yeah, you have a and, – and getting back a little bit to the kind of the, the – I don't call it dual role, but you're talking about kind of, you know, you officially work for the team, but you have a reporter, obviously, and you're, you're creating all this content. Uh, how do you walk that line for you personally in terms of just um, what's important to you when you think through that process of how to be uh, – or, or if you had to use adjectives, you know, what is my work about? How yeah, do I want well, to do I, it? I, I, I would tell you, Tim, that I, I'm not I, – I, I don't shy away from – um, providing the news. Certainly when the Eagles lose a game, I'm not going to go out there and say, oh, the Eagles lost 42-3, to but a couple of bounces here and there, things could have been different. <laughs> that would be insulting to a very intelligent fan base. Yeah. But I also don't say the Eagles lost 42-3 to and Carson Wentz stinks and Doug Peterson's a lousy coach and right. Jeffrey Lurie needs to fire everybody. So there's, you know, there, uh, my, my line is I want fans to come away knowing that they've heard something from me that they're not going to hear anywhere else. And it is a team perspective. It doesn't have to be bad news. It doesn't have to be good news. It's, you know, I, I remember one time my father said to me, boy, the Eagles were struggling, had a few losses. He David, at least you have something to write about now. And I was like, Dad, you know, actually fans <laughs> like to hear good news too. Yes. This is entertainment. This is not, you know, the 11 o'clock news is a depressing place to be these days. And, and a lot of days, and it's, it's always negative news. Well, I don't think news has to be negative all the time. 
Yeah. And quite frankly, fans like to be fans like to know everything they can about you know the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. So when something bad happens, you confront it with with honesty, uh, and when something good happens, you do the same. See, I would think that because you have uh, what's the phrase? You can't make an old friend, and because you've lived all these years in and around the organization. And so you, you have things that people just can't have because they want to do that, that job or, or want to be a reporter. Um, you can draw from that because I think you'll be able to get your opinion across through knowledge because you're speaking from, you really know what you're saying. Not, it's not just an opinion or you're not just trying to be entertaining and throw adjectives around, but you actually know what you're saying. And then, right. No, so here's an example. Here's an example. So the Eagles just have a draft and I know we're going to get into the, 2020 Philadelphia Eagles in a moment here. Um, Eagles have a draft, and you hear a lot of hot takes, instant analysis on players who were drafted. Right. Well, how can I walk into the office and look at scouts eye to eye, a scout who has looked at every single play that Jalen Rager has been involved with in his college days? How can I do that when I haven't? put that kind of effort into it how responsible is that of me to say hey Jalen Rager's great or Jalen Rager's not great or, so what I do is I go to the scouts and I say what is it we like about this player and then that's the opinion that I share hmm. because I, until I see them in an Eagles uniform I don't think it's responsible to say hey this guy's a great player this guy's a great fit this guy's a that this guy's I, I learned this years ago and it was an interesting experience. We had drafted this linebacker by the name of James Darling. I think it was like 1998, 1998, 1999. Actually, maybe even early 2000. I don't remember exactly when it was. And uh, John and, and I wrote that after the draft, after the selection of him, instant analysis. He should be able to help the Eagles on special teams. And John Harbaugh, now the Ravens head coach, who at that time was the special teams coordinator for the Eagles, came up to me and said, hey, Dave, how much – film did you watch of James Darling playing <laughs> special teams oh, and Washington man. State? Yeah. Because what you're saying he said, what you're saying, Dave, is that if he doesn't help on special teams this year, then I've done a bad job as a coach. And you know what? He was right. He was right. That was irresponsible of me to, to say that. So I learned my lesson and uh, I, I certainly make my own evaluations when I see the players, but I also rely on those who really, really see the players and rewind the tape four and five times. Yeah. Dave Spadaro, our guest, Eagles Insider. And again, at Eagles Insider on Twitter, you can find him. And the name of the uh, – is it on the inside, the name of the podcast you're doing? Yeah, uh, we do it. Uh, it's called Eagles Insider Podcast. And I also have an Instagram called The Eagles Insider. Wow. How about that? Well, I yeah. think I think it just works. I don't – you know, uh, although I've covered the team part-time, very limited compared to obviously what you do for a living – but um, my observation is that you fit a, a, a spot that so many people can identify with, that dual role in a way. You work for the team, but you're, you're – you're, I don't call it every man's the word. But that I think that really works because and, – and because you are accountable to all those people, you, it feels like you're like a hub where you're able to take all these things together and then push out information and the fans can decide rather than this is all about Dave Spadaro. This is about – no, this is about the fans. And I think they feel that when they yeah. listen to you, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not about me. I'm not in it for the, I'm not in it for the glory and the and the glamour and all that nonsense. I, I am very acutely aware that if there were no fans, there would be no Dave Spadaro. So I don't even like that's not even. I have no ego about that at all. I'm just, 
I'm just a, I'm just really thankful for my job. I really love it. I love when the team I'm in it for the team and the success of Philadelphia Eagles. And when the Eagles have success, everybody's happy, and that that's what it's all about. I know you mentioned you have some interviews you're working on phone and you're getting some phone calls back. So just maybe a couple more questions and hang up if you have to. Sure. Uh, but you mentioned the 2020 draft class uh, and I was in on some of those Zoom calls and got to hear some of them speak firsthand, which even even five minutes listening to how they speak gives you some in- initial insight. Just do you have an initial thought or, or if that's appropriate to, to talk about or what your impressions have been so far on these young men who are uh, hoping to join the team? Uh, very, you know, here's the thing, Tim, it's, as we all know, no spring on the field practices, right? Right. No chance to look at the players, no sense of how they're retaining information. Uh, they're in a virtual off season. Right. I certainly um, got very favorable reviews when I asked people about Jalen Rager. Obviously, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is probably the player that I saw the most of this draft class because, of course, at Alabama and Oklahoma, he was playing in high-level games. Very talented player. Needs some work. You understand the, the the wonderment of Eagles fans. Why did they take this kid? I get that, but a a valid move if you believe that ultimately the backup quarterback position is important, which the Eagles have found that it's important. Davion Taylor, linebacker from Colorado, extremely uh, athletic, but has a lot of work to do. Lack of experience in his football career. I mean, I think that Jalen Rager has a chance to play this year. I'm not sure what the Eagles will get from the rest of the draft class because it is so difficult to project when they miss all of this time yeah. on the field right. with no pads on. You know, So it's a veteran-laden team. I think the Eagles did really well in free agency. How much they get from the draft in 2020, it's really hard to say. Dave, here's a quick thought for you. You mentioned Jalen Hurts. Obviously, that that whole quarterback narrative continues and probably always will. It's the highest-profile position, and we had that with Foles and Wentz. You have it now, you know, Wentz and uh, Hurts. And... Um, in general, are there narratives over the years you've seen in Philadelphia Eagles history that you know you've seen firsthand, and maybe be different, really, than how the public perceived? I'm sure there have to be some, uh, and I like to keep things positive, so I'm not looking for dirt or something, whatever. But just, uh, or no, maybe it's an idea for a series. Sometimes, like here's what you thought, here's actually what ha- well, here's here's really what happened. Maybe maybe that's kind of what you try to do along all along anyway. Well, I'll say this. I will say this, and I'm not sure off the top of my head I can think of, but I will say that probably, Tim, the biggest um, unsolved case <laughs> that's, that's ever happened is this one. Did or did not Donovan McNabb throw up in Super Bowl Thirty Nine? Yeah. And I have talked to so many people about it. I've gotten so many different answers. I talked to the guy who produced or directed the game for Fox. He said we had 25 cameras on the field. Not once did we see anywhere that McNabb threw up. I've talked to coaches who said that he took a shot to the jaw and there was like a reaction from getting lit up on a hit. Um, You know, you hear some people say, well, he was not in condition. The the heat in Jacksonville got to him. And and Donovan, of course, denies ever doing it. So to this day, honestly, I don't know if he ever threw up. I mean, and then certainly the personalities of people. The Andy Reid was always a mysterious personality carol owens was a fascinating case study who to me just like just blew it more than any player that i've ever dealt with just such a shame that a kid who was well he wasn't a kid but a a man who was 
who basically had it all, just couldn't handle being part of a team that really embraced him in a city that certainly embraced him. And, um, and, and I got to know Terrell very well. And we worked on a project that I was hopeful of coming out with a diary on him. I gave him a tape recorder and he recorded himself for weeks and weeks and weeks. And it never went anywhere because he failed on the project. So hmm. just a, a lot of interesting characters. Um, the thing that makes me the saddest is when they come back and they're in financial distress or their life just hasn't gone well because they don't know how to handle things after they finish playing. So, yeah. uh, but, but I, I certainly respect things that they do, everything they took to do. Uh, it's very difficult to be in the spotlight and, and be a great football player and manage your life as if you are grown up mature because nobody's grown up and mature when they're 22, 23, 24, 25 years old. Yeah. Dave Spadero been kind enough to hang out with us for a few moments. Uh, maybe just one last kind of question along those lines. Sure, any any yeah. any player you want, uh, just a, uh, something that uh, on the positive side where, you know, maybe they had a certain persona or maybe maybe just no, no opinion one way or the other, but something you, you observe, whether it's a kindness, the way if somebody took someone under their wing, the way that they would do certain things for people or visit a hospital without noticing. And, and again, all with respect to someone's privacy, if they don't want that to be known, then that's fine. But just um, – yeah. Well, look, I mean, there's, I will tell you, there's been many, many outstanding young men throughout the years from Reggie White, Eric Allen, that whole crew, you know, uh, Troy Vincent, Deuce Staley, remarkable guys, fantastic relationships with the fans and did a lot. Probably John Dornbach stands out more than anyone for the time he put in and the story he had. His father killed his mother, father went to jail, um, you know, made himself into an NFL player, twice made the Pro Bowl, the whole thing with the magic to escape that, that memory of his, his father. Yeah. Uh, Troy Vincent, tremendous. I mean, just a lot of really wonderful men in their time here who have, who have you know, gotten it, who have understood what it's like. A, a guy like somebody like Ike Reese, who comes in as a fifth-round draft pick um, and really came from a very difficult background and – what I like about it, Tim, is he, he played hard, he gave it all he had, and he never forgot Philadelphia, and he's obviously come back to Philadelphia and had a lot of success. Yeah. So those are the kind of stories that really are, are heartwarming, and as those guys get older and I get to know them off the field, it's really fun to reminisce about their days. But uh, many Look, I've been doing the Eagles for a long time, <laughs> and the, the memories I have are really, really special, happy and I hope we have more of them in 2020. Absolutely. And I hope we get a chance to catch up with you again later on in the maybe the summer as, as football gets a little close. It'd be great to catch up again. It's been a real pleasure chatting with Any, you today. Anytime, anytime you want, Tim, I'm here for you, buddy. Thanks, Dave. What's on the Spadero Grill this weekend? Is there one? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> the Spadero Grill is, I'm, I'm hopeful the rain clears up and I can get on my bicycle and get some exercise. And uh, I'm recovering from rotator cuff surgery. Ooh. I've been like, you know, uh, rehabbing that at home. So. Uh, I'm, my kids live on the West Coast, so I'm I'm here solo doing my thing and uh, and and just enjoying the city. That's great. Well, enjoy. Thanks again, my friend. Have a great weekend. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. Uh, happy holidays, to everybody. Everybody stay safe and uh, and let's go fly, Eagles fly. All right, Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro chatting with us. You can find him on Twitter at Eagles Insider and just throw that online, and you'll find him all over the place. Videos and other social media and things that he does. Uh, a quick check on the forecast. Kind of cloudy the rest of the day and tomorrow, 70 the high, low of 55 tonight, 73 the high tomorrow. Make it a thunder shower tomorrow at some point. Sunday and Monday, 
Kind of still cloudy, but some sunshine once in a while. 66 the high Sunday, 74 the high Monday. Also in basketball, a sad note, a longtime Utah Jazz head coach passing away, Jerry Sloan. Took the team to the playoffs 15 years in a row, including the 70, uh, 97 and uh, 98 finals, where his teams lost to Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls both years. He was elected to the Hall of Fame in 2009. Let's see, what else? Oh, quick, just numbers-wise, real quick, on the Bible League partnership we have going Bibles for Asia. We have 550 down, 1650 to go. We're hoping to be done by the end of May, which is about a week from now. So if you can help out, it's just $5 a piece. Uh, 800 yes words, the number 800 yes word. Or you can go to our website, click the fan, the flame Bibles for Asia banner. Many hands make light to work. If you can find a little time over the weekend to help out, that'd be fantastic. We would greatly appreciate that. Uh, Dave was mentioning fly Eagles fly there at the end of the thing. And we happen to have the fly Eagles fly uh, song in our library. So we'll go into our break with this and then we'll come back uh, speaking of music on the other side with Todd Tillman. He's the uh, season 18 winner of The Voice. Just happened earlier this week on the Tim DeMoss Show. It'll be coming up in just a moment on WFIL. Here we go. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. 436 in the Tim DeMoss Show, keeping things rolling. Our next guest won season 18 of The Voice earlier this week. What a week it's been for him. His name is Todd Tillman. Todd, how you doing, man? Good, man. How you doing? Wonderful. Now... First of all, congratulations uh, to you. you. You're welcome. We don't know each other, but I'm going to take a stab by giving five words to describe you in the order of first priority on down. Tell me if I'm right. Child of God, husband, father, pastor, singer. Yeah, I would say that's that's pretty spot on. Perfect. (laughs) How'd I do? Okay, we're off to a good start. Great. (laughs) Let's work our way back up the ladder. Singer. Not officially trained, but you did love singing growing up, right? That's part of the whole, you know, fun with this whole deal, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've just sang my whole life for the love of it. I've never really had any real training or anything. I just love to sing. Okay. In church, though, was it as a member or were you actually on the worship team, per se? Oh, man, oh, man yeah. I've, sang, I've, I've led worship in our church. I was just saying earlier, I've had a couple of brief stints where other people took over, but I've been the worship leader at our church uh, since I was like 16 or 17 years old. So, yeah, I've been I've been on the stage leading worship uh, and singing in the church my whole life. It's kind of a neat angle, though, that you weren't, quote-unquote, discovered, because obviously if you're singing in church, hopefully you're not there to make a name for you. <laughs> so. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> right? right. <laughs> so that's great. Right, yeah. I just, you know, I just love to do it. You had one of the rare four-chair turns uh, for, for The Voice. Congratulations again. And um, all things except John Legend turning around, I think, almost right away. With the fact that they turned so fast, was that a, a nice jolt for you? Like, all right, I'm on to something. I'm doing good. Yes. I mean, it was just like a weight lifted. <laughs> yeah. Like, because it's hard to perform 
when you're up there on the stage and you're trying to sing this song and the whole time your stomach is in knots because those their backs are to you and you don't know what's going to happen. So when chairs start turning, you're like, okay, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> what made you choose Blake? Or had you, and had you thought of that ahead of time if he, if he did turn? Yeah. Yeah, I had given it a good bit of thought. And ultimately, when it all came down, I chose Blake for two reasons. Number one, Blake is, I feel like, most like me just as a regular guy like Blake is kind of a live out in the country like hometown guy and number two um, his personality is is more like mine he's really easy going he loves to laugh and and make jokes and he, he you know he knows when things should be serious but we have a lot of fun so that I, I was hoping that we would have as much fun as we did and that's why I chose him and it worked out yeah they all made great cases for themselves too it's kind of fun to watch um, pastor okay. yeah and so pastor been doing that for how long? Oh, my gosh. I've been lead pastor for about eight years, but I've been between lead pastor and youth pastor and associate pastor. I've been doing it since uh, 1996, so 20-something, 20 wow. 24 years. Wow. Very important work. Climbing the ladder to father. Another super cool aspect of your story is being a dad to eight, including two children you adopted. What led you and your wife to want to adopt in the first place? Ah. Uh, you know, I don't know. I just feel like we just both sort of felt like that was how our family was supposed to come together. And she she sort of launched that idea, but but as she did, you know, I, you know, I don't know how to explain it, that it just sort of settled inside me as the right thing. And we didn't really have any, like, um, epiphany. We didn't have, like, any fertility issues or anything. We just um, We just felt like that's how our family was supposed to come together, and so that's why. It's a beautiful story. And uh, husband, of course, as we climb the ladder of priorities, your wife's role. Just share about her a little bit, both her encouragement to you, including that thing in Atlanta to, to stick it out in line and also just in life, what she means to you. Oh, my gosh, man. She has been my, my wife. I always love to say that she is the gas and I'm the brake, you know, that in our <laughs> relationship. <laughs> like, uh, She's the one who says, let's go for it, and I'm the one who says, let's think about it. <laughs> That's great. And uh, so, so she has just been invaluable to me. Uh, even with the adoption, like I said, she's the one who came to me and said, I, I'm ready to do this. I think we should do this. And so uh, so she's just been, you know, with this with this audition with The Voice. I was, I had made up my mind. I'm going to stay at the house. We've been really busy. We had actually just come home from a long road trip, and and um, she's like, no, you should go. You're going to regret it if you don't go. But it's really kind of been that way our entire marriage. You know, we've one of my favorite things though to tell people is I hope that I hope that we ha- we can translate that we have um, we haven't had like this fairy tale marriage. You know, we went through some really rough spots. Our our marriage almost officially ended one time, mm. but uh, you know, we we worked it out and, and better for it. You know. Last but not least, child of God, top of the pile. What does God mean to you? Oh, man, listen, this whole thing has really given me uh, not only more like a deeper faith that, that he loves me and he wants good things for me, you know, but also that, that he's given me like a, um, a brand new perspective on how to love other people and minister to other people, you know. I, I felt um, as, as alive as I have ever felt in, in just sharing love um, through this process on The Voice, you know? And it, it's been just like a breath of fresh air to me 
to experience God's love in this, but also to spread to spread that. You know, it's just been unreal. It's, but it's all um, it, this whole thing is a miracle. We we have little signs all over our house that say miracles happen. Believe in miracles. You know, because all of our whole lives uh, as a family, it's just been one miracle after the other. Beautifully shared. Todd, great to make your acquaintance, and congratulations. God bless you and your family today, my friend. Thanks again for talking to us. Thank you so very much. Bye-bye. I appreciate your time, man. You too. Bye-bye. Todd Tillman, winner of Season 18 of The Voice, just a few days ago. Glad to have him on the program. Quick break. We'll be joined by our third guest of the hour, Garrett Reisman, former NASA astronaut and senior advisor to SpaceX. That big launch happening next Wednesday. We'll chat with him about that. Uh, also, if you want to win a gift card to Duncan or Rita's or Panera, we have those up for grabs courtesy of Brian or Chevrolet in Jenkintown. Just send a quick text to 610-500-DOVE. 610-500-3683. We'll throw you in the mix. Back with more in just a moment on WFIL. Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. 445 on the Tim DeMoss Show, our famous Friday show, continuing along with our Now That's Punny segment, Moments Away. But before that, we are very glad to bring on board Garrett Reisman, former NASA astronaut, senior advisor to SpaceX, which together with NASA has a big launch coming up next Wednesday, May 27th. How you doing, sir? Tim, I'm doing great. How are you? Nice to talk to you. We have a local connection going. You grew up in New Jersey, right? We're in PA and... So we have that local link. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I grew up in New Jersey. In fact, I spent five years at Penn uh, as a student. Really? Did not know that. That's very cool. Yeah. But, yeah, I lived in Philly for quite a while. It was great. I loved it there. Did you, and I, now, I know you became... Hi, everybody a, in Philly. <laughs> you became a Yankee fan, right? Pretty entrenched there. I was at the 09 World Series. Did you happen to be there at that time, or were you out in space? I, I was there. I was there for Game 2. Okay. Um, I, I just come back from my first uh, space mission in... And I, and I remember I watched Game One in Moscow, uh, and then hopped on a jet, and I was in New York for Game Two. Wow, crazy! I was there too, reporting from Philly. <laughs> That's neat. Well, uh, you know, and on a side note, you know, you hear about kids growing up that want to be a firefighter, a policeman, an astronaut. I don't know that I've actually spoken with an astronaut before. Did you actually have aspirations as a little kid, or when did that kick in for you? Yeah, you're right. I mean, all all kids kind of want that. I, I tell you, to be honest with you, when I go to my son's elementary school uh, career day. <laughs> kind of dominate, you know. Yeah, I bet. Uh, but um, <laughs> but it, it is, it, it, yeah, it's something I always wanted to do since I was a little kid, and uh, I never thought it really would happen, but it did. I got very lucky. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I can think of a ton of different questions. Obviously, the, on the twenty seventh, NASA and SpaceX teaming up for this uh, return to, I guess, the, the International Space Station. Maybe a quick question prior to that. One of your missions, I think, your first one was on Space Shuttle Endeavor. Right, and um, you're out in space for several months, and and on the International Space Station. What was that process like for you? How did you prepare, or could you really prepare for something like that? You can, once you're out there, you know, haven't done it before. What was that like for you? Yeah, so it, it's interesting that the first time uh, that I was flying, I was go, I was meeting to the long haul, you know, being up there for three months. And I had I had four years to prepare. So as far as being uh, isolated and confined, it's kind of like what we're all going through right now. But I had the <laughs> advantage of having a lot of time to prepare and train for it. Yeah, uh, but it was a, you know it was great. I mean, I I, I would have I called my mission the Goldilocks mission because I was kind of happy after three months to come back home and get pizza again. But yeah. at the same time, I could have stayed longer because I was having a ball up there. Garrett Reisman's our guest on the Tim DeMoss Show, former NASA astronaut, SpaceX consultant as well. 
On the 27th, NASA and SpaceX are teaming up to launch astronauts from the U.S. for the first time since 2011 on SpaceX Crew Dragon spacecraft to the International Space Station. So there's that whole piece to this. But also, my understanding is there's an aspect to the Endeavor next week that is about uh, civilian space travel in a way. Would that be correct? That's that's right. It it, it that's it, it it might not look like it initially, but that's exactly what you're getting. But the most important thing about next week is is the return of NASA and the United States to the capability of sending people into space. Ever since we landed the last shuttle nine years ago, our country has not had the ability to launch men and women into space. We've had to ask the Russians to give our astronauts rides to the space station, and so that all changes next week when we launch this uh, Crew Dragon mission. Uh, and we'll be launching Americans on American rockets from American soil, and we're back into business. And that's, that's huge. But what you're talking about is actually very correct, and that is that the other part of the story is that this has been done differently. This is a public-private partnership between NASA and SpaceX, and it does open the door to use these same exact vehicles to fly private citizens. How long has that conversation been in place in general, would you say, civilian space travel? And where do you think we are on the timeline of that actually happening for whatever purposes you know, we would use it for? Well, that's been in the works for, um, for over a decade. And uh, you know, the whole, this whole commercial crew program started back in 2010. Okay. So we've been working on this for a long time. And, and people have been thinking about it even longer than that. And in fact, the Russians have been doing it even longer than that. The first space tourist went up to the International Space Station and it was an American named uh, Dennis Tito, and there have been a, a handful of others as well. Uh, but it was the Russians that really led the way uh, in tourism, and uh, and now we're kind of catching up. But but uh, but we're going to do it large scale. I mean, we're going to this is going to be the start of a whole new golden age of spaceflight. Okay, and and you were so you were with NASA for several years, and then you went to SpaceX. Which their main? How would you describe their main work? What they're about? Well, it's, it's, it, that's easy. You could ask any single person in the company what the company is there for, and they'll tell you it's to make human life multiplanetary. The whole idea is to spread humans through the solar system. That's the that's the corporate goal. It's pretty ambitious. Wow! <laughs> but, uh, wow! But this is the first step in that in that process. Yeah. Uh, Garrett, let me ask you one last question. Just uh, you know, I'm thinking I have all these questions about what's happening, but I'm like, what's it like up there? And, and what kind of perspective does that give you on life in general, staring back at the Earth and in space? I mean, it's got to be crazy. It is crazy. It, it, it's fantastic up there. I, I recommend everybody go. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, a, it's an incredible experience. And um, I guess it, 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 if it left me with one new impression, it's the fragility of our planet, the importance of, uh, of protecting it. And when you see how thin the atmosphere is, when you look at it from space, you realize just how capable we are as human beings of messing this place up, and 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 it gives you a profound respect and and a need to to try to save this place. Thank you so much for taking time. It's a pleasure making your acquaintance, and God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Take care. Bye bye. Say hi to everybody in Philly for me. Will do. Bye bye. It's Garrett Reisman, former NASA astronaut, SpaceX consultant, and next week the big launch. As you heard him talk about that. By the way, you can grab the podcast of today's program. Uh, about an hour from now, WFIL.com. Help yourself to that. In the meantime, we have one final break to take, and then we want to do our Now That's Punny segment. Don't forget, you want to win a gift card to Duncan, Rita's, Wawa, or Panera, courtesy of Briner Chevrolet and Jenkintown. Send a quick text to 610-500-DOVE. 610-500-3683. We'll make some winners here in just a bit. WFIL. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email Timmy D 
at WFIL.com. All right, it's 4.55 on the Tim DeMoss Show. Danny, getting ready for our pun segment, but let's listen for a couple seconds to Todd Tillman. He did I Can Only Imagine earlier this week to win season 18 of The Voice, just for a couple seconds here. I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine when all that I can see is your face here before me I can only imagine yeah. Alright, that'll give folks just I a little Oh, there he goes He's got, Dan, I don't know if you saw him, but people are comparing like Bob Seger, he's got this really raspy voice like Joe Cocker, here we go <laughs> What will my heart feel Will I dance for you, Jesus Or in all of you Right, that's Todd Tillman. He joined us a little while ago on the program just to give you a quick little sample of that. We want to make sure we have enough time for our pun segment, but I wanted to give folks a little a little uh, earful of that. Dandy, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Yes, ma'am. That music can only mean one thing. Now that's punny. Danny with a couple minutes worth of puns for us. Fire and they're not only puns, they're space puns. Space puns. I love that. We just had an astronaut on. How did you know? I'm just that good. Well, I know. All right. Fire away. <laughs> All right. Where would an astronaut park his spaceship? Where would an astronaut park his spaceship? I don't know. At a parking meteor. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> <laughs> why couldn't the astronaut focus? I don't know. Why? Because he kept spacing out. Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> Got some new ones this week. Yes, that's good. I All like right. it. What do you How got? do you organize a party in space? How do you organize a party in space? I don't know. You plan it. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. What else you got? Why did the sun never get into college? Why did the sun never get into college? I have no idea. Because it already has over a million degrees. What would you do with a brain if you had one? <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite one. <laughs> Me too. All right. We've got time for a couple more. All right. Where do planets update their status? Where do planets update their status? I don't know. Their Facebook. <laughs> Aw. That's so cute. One more? <laughs> one more? All right. All right. How does a man cut his hair on the moon? How does a man cut his hair on the moon? I don't know. He clips it. He's looking at you, kid. Way to go, Danny. <laughs> Nicely done. That concludes our Now That's Punny segment. You have a wonderful weekend. We'll catch you next week, my friend. All right? All right. Sounds good. Bye for now. Jim Max and Max 413 Ministries leads in prayer next. My son texted in to win a gift card. I can't give you one, son. What are you doing? Both of my sons texted in. Jim Maxim's up. Here we go. See you, bye. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.